Chapter 17 of Charlotte Temple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Charlotte Temple by Susanna Rosen. Chapter 17 A Wedding. On the day before their arrival at New York, after dinner, Creighton arose from his seat, and placing himself by Mademoiselle, thus addressed the company. "'As we are now nearly arrived at our destined port, I think it but my duty to inform you, my friends, that this lady, taking her hand, has placed herself under my protection. I have seen, and severely felt, the anguish of her heart, and though every shade which cruelty or malice may throw over her, can discover the most amiable qualities. I thought it but necessary to mention my esteem for her before our disembarkation, as it is my fixed resolution, the morning after we land, to give her an undoubted title to my favour and protection, by honourably uniting my fate to hers. I would wish every gentleman here, therefore, to remember that her honour henceforth is mine, and, continued he, looking at Belcour, should any man presume to speak in the least disrespectfully of her, I shall not hesitate to pronounce him a scoundrel. Belcour cast at him a smile of contempt, and bowing profoundly low, wished Mademoiselle much joy in the proposed union, and assuring the colonel that he need not be in the least apprehensive of any one throwing the least odium on the character of his lady, shook him by the hand with ridiculous gravity, and left the cabin. The truth was, he was glad to be rid of LaRue, and so he was but freed from her, he cared not who fell a victim to her infamous arts. The inexperienced Charlotte was astonished at what she heard, she thought LaRue had, like herself, only been urged by the force of her attachment to Belcour to quit her friends and follow him to the feet of war. How wonderful, then, that she should resolve to marry another man! It was certainly extremely wrong. It was indelicate. She mentioned her thoughts to Montreville. He laughed at her simplicity, called her a little idiot, and patting her on the cheek, said she knew nothing of the world. "'If the world sanctifies such things, "'tis a very bad world, I think,' said Charlotte. "'Why, I always understood "'they were to have been married when they arrived at New York. "'I am sure Mademoiselle told me Belcourt promised to marry her.' "'Well, and suppose he did?' "'Why, he should be obliged to keep his word, I think.' "'Well, but I suppose he has changed his mind,' said Montreville, "'and then you know the case is altered.' Charlotte looked at him attentively for a moment. A full sense of her own situation rushed upon her mind. She burst into tears and remained silent. Montreville too well understood the cause of her tears. He kissed her cheek, and bidding her not make herself uneasy, unable to bear the silent but keen remonstrance, hastily left her. 
The next morning, by sunrise, they found themselves at anchor before the city of New York. A boat was ordered to convey the ladies on shore. Creighton accompanied them, and they were shown to a house of public entertainment. Scarcely were they seated when the door opened, and the colonel found himself in the arms of his daughter, who had landed a few minutes before him. The first transport of meeting subsided. Creighton introduced his daughter to Mademoiselle Larue as an old friend of her mother's. For the artful French woman had really made it appear to the credulous colonel that she was in the same convent with his first wife, and though much younger, had received many tokens of her esteem and regard. If, mademoiselle, said Mrs. Bonchamp, you were the friend of my mother, you must be worthy of the esteem of all good hearts. Mademoiselle will soon honor our family, said Creighton, by supplying the place that valuable woman filled, and as you are married, my dear, I think you will not blame. Hush, my dear sir, replied Mrs. Bonchamp, I know my duty too well to scrutinize your conduct. Be assured, my dear father, your happiness is mine. I shall rejoice in it, and sincerely love the person who contributes to it. But tell me, continued she, turning to Charlotte, who is this lovely girl? Is she your sister, mademoiselle? A blush deep as the glow of the carnation suffused the cheeks of Charlotte. It is a young lady, replied the colonel who came in the same vessel with us from England. He then drew his daughter aside, and told her in a whisper, Charlotte was the mistress of Montreville. "'What a pity!' said Mrs. Bonchamp softly, casting a most compassionate glance at her. "'But surely her mind is not depraved. The goodness of her heart is depicted in her ingenuous countenance.' Charlotte caught the word, pity. And am I already fallen so low? <sighs> said she. A sigh escaped her, and a tear was ready to start. But Montreville appeared, and she checked the rising emotion. Mademoiselle went with the colonel and his daughter to another apartment. Charlotte remained with Montreville and Belcour. The next morning the colonel performed his promise, and LaRue became in due form Mrs. Creighton, exalted in her own good fortune, and dared to look with an eye of contempt on the unfortunate but far less guilty Charlotte. End of chapter 17 Recording by Susan Burke, SueBurkeVoice.com